Hey, welcome back to Elder Law Issues. I'm Robert Fleming of the Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. With me is my partner and collaborator, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We're going to talk today about something that we started talking about in an earlier podcast episode. We're going to talk about your parents' brown furniture and their china and their silver and all of the stuff in their house because you are now the trustee or personal representative and you've been tasked with figuring out how to value those things, how to distribute them among your three siblings and, uh, and what to do with the stuff that nobody wants. Well, Robert, this is often one of the most tender, delicate conversations we have with families is what to do with personal property when somebody has died, particularly when the property is located in a house that needs to be sold. Personal property is so incredibly particular, not only to people and their style and their taste, but it's it's a memento from a chapter in many people's childhood and adult lives that's really hard to deal with. And what I often see happen are three different things when it comes to personal property in estates. I see the personal representative or the trustee who's tasked with distributing the personal property feel completely overwhelmed with the process. I see the personal representative or the trustee try and race to find a solution as quickly as possible that oftentimes may work in the short term but not the long term. They may be just eager to get stuff out of the house but they're not thinking about the consequences to having things not have any particular order. And then the third thing is that I often see a lot of hurt feelings. And so to deal with the first thing, which is just the whole overwhelming task of it, I often talk to people a little bit about whether or not they believe the property inside the home has value. Is there monetary value there? Wait a minute. Don't you have to get it appraised so you know exactly what it's worth? It depends, Robert. It depends on what kind of property is inside a house. If we know that your dad died with an incredibly valuable collection of first edition books or coins, or perhaps your mom was an artist who had a lot of her own art in the home and collected art, those are times where we stop and we talk about things like appraisals. Um, and we ta- start talking about things like professional inventories and hiring a third party to come in. But generally, if we start with a bigger question, which is, do you think that the personal property of things like the bed frames or things like the kitchen table has a real monetary value? Most people can say no. And then what we do from there is talk a little bit about how to figure out what property does need to be inventoried, like your mom's jewelry collection. That might not be tremendously valuable monetarily, but that is going to be the kind of thing that when a special ring that everybody is looking for goes missing, there's going to be a lot of confusion about. By the way, we're talking today really to the son or daughter who's in charge of dividing up the personal property, but let's stop for a moment and talk to mom and dad. You could have solved a lot of this if you had made a personal property list. Under Arizona law, you can make a list. You have to have a reference to it in your will or in your trust or both. But uh, you can make a list of who is to receive what. You could decide that all of the jewelry goes to the oldest daughter and all of the china goes to the younger daughter and the, the cedar chest goes to your son who loves antique furniture. 
and the beauty of that list is you don't have to pay your lawyer to update it. When you have a Thanksgiving dinner, bring out the china, and your second daughter says, you know, I've really always hated this china. You can go back and make that change without having to go see the lawyer again. Well, so, Robert, just to interrupt you, I want to let you know I have an even better idea than that. Okay. How about giving uh, yes. your daughter that china that she just loves? So what she might say when you try to give it to her is, no, mom, don't do that. We don't want to even think about you dying. What do you do when? Well, I think the most important thing is to say if it's a special memento, it could be a piece of jewelry, it could be a coin, it might be a firearm. If you have somebody in your family that you know it would mean something to, have the conversation about why you want to give it right now. That's what I would say to my daughter. I'd say it would bring me joy to be able to share this with you now and enjoy Thanksgiving dinner at your place next year. Yeah, you can do the cooking next time and use the china and the silver. Well, okay, so back to the son or daughter who's administering the estate. Do we need to get an appraisal to figure out how much the china is worth before we decide which of the children gets the china? Because mom didn't do that personal property list to tell us. Generally not, Robert. What we try and do with people is talk a little bit about can we categorize the personal property and see what may be of a higher value than other property. Oftentimes we talk about the beneficiaries in the estate and if people want to give it a try to work with their siblings to divide things up that they believe are of equal value, go ahead and try those conversations first. See if you can come up with a method. Maybe it's round robin. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's just having each person go by himself or her herself through the house privately and putting a couple stickies on what really means something to them and having each of you do that and see if there's actually any particular piece of furniture or item where there are multiple sticky notes. That tells you it's something that you should discuss with everybody about whether to get it appraised and how to approach it. But the second thing I was saying, Robert, when we talk to people about personal property and we're really trying to help them focus on a plan is there's this haste to get through it and to give it away and try and divide it up right away. And one thing I caution people about is if everybody comes to the house three days after mom dies to go through and handle the personal property, that's oftentimes the most confusing and difficult emotionally difficult time for people, that's probably not the time to try and race through this project. It is a good time to start talking to people about whether or not there's one particular thing or two or a collection that might mean something to them, but it is not the time to go ahead and try and get this done all at once. To really be successful, personal representatives and trustees need to slow down and try and come up with an approach to deal with the personal property that allows the beneficiaries who are entitled to the property to divide things in a way that makes them feel like it's an equal arrangement. Now, is the division of personal property always equal? That's very that's very difficult to do most of the time, Robert. And I have a couple of suggestions for things that have worked. One thing, I do think that uh, having all of the siblings get together at the house to, to choose which things they want Sometimes it works, but often it results in real discord because 
maybe they don't get along as well as they, as mom thought they did. Now mom isn't there to hold them together. It's an opportunity for a lot of unhappiness. So be careful about doing that. I'm not saying don't ever do it. But I did have one client who had a very clever approach. What they did was uh, made a really good faith effort to take all of mom's assets, there were seven kids, put them into seven piles, seven uh, categories, and uh, and said, okay, here, I've decided that group one is these things, group two is these other things, group three, etc. And then they drew straws to see what sequence um, the the children would take group a group um, at. And uh, and the genius of this was that a single item was in group one. Just one item was turned out to be the most valuable, and the daughter who was most disruptive drew the shortest straw and got to choose first. She chose that single item, and it ended all conversations about uh, about unfairness. So that turned out really well. It may not work in every other case. I also have another suggestion that my own my own wife and sister in law did, which is they both wanted their mom's um, um, china, but it wasn't a big enough set to divide. So what they did was went online and bought an exactly equivalent set of the same china and then just intermixed them. So half of the plates that each of them got were from their mom's set and the other half matched perfectly. And at this point, nobody knows which plates were mom's plates and which plates were the stranger's plates. And they both feel like they got uh, the equivalent of mom's china set. Both good ideas. You have some others, you listener, uh, have some others that you can think of. Be creative about it. Try to work things out without involving the lawyers, but don't hesitate to involve the lawyers. I agree with what Elizabeth said. Don't race to this. One of the things that you don't know is what your kids think, and they're not part of the equation. They don't get to choose, but I will guarantee you they have some opinions that they have shared with you and with your siblings. Their children have shared opinions with their siblings, and they've said things like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really bummed that we didn't get the salt and pepper shaker. That is the thing that most reminds me of grandma and grandpa. Um, so give it a little time for those issues to sort out as well. Come see us about this. We have some experience and some ideas, and sometimes we can be the calm voice in the family to, to try to smooth the waters a little bit to mix my metaphors. Final thoughts, Elizabeth? You know, personal property is just a delicate thing. And I, and I encourage people to honor and listen to their siblings and their family members when they want to share something or an idea about the prop, personal property. But ultimately, the decisions come down to the personal representative and the trustee who's administering the estate. So my final recommendation is really be a good listener. Try and understand where people are coming from, what's motivating them about the property that they want, and then make a plan and understand who's really in charge. Because ultimately, that's where I think some of the hurt feelings come from, is people feeling like there's real confusion about who's really making the call. And if you're a personal representative, that's up to you. And be scrupulously fair, always, in all things, not just here. There is our uh, thoughtful advice for personal representatives, trustees, executors who are administering the estate of a deceased parent and dividing up personal property. It is one of the most challenging things you'll have to do. And we're here to help. That's what we do. I'm Robert Fleming. I've been talking with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, 
my partner at Fleming and Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. You've been listening to Elder Law Issues, and we hope you'll do it again. Thanks.